This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight. We're very different, my husband and I. New Kelly Clarkson divorce details. What went wrong? Oh no. Then, the first Black Bachelor just announced. It's all happening. Long awaited. Meet Matt James. Yeah, I'm stoked. Plus. It's not our job to start telling police officers how to do what they do. Live PD host Dan Abrams outraged over his show's cancellation. You had something and you knew about something that was basically brushed under the rug. No, this was not a cover up. And as we wait for baseball to come back, we're flashing back to the Moneyball set with Brad Pitt and Chris Pratt. It was really special for us. E.T. starts now. Hello and welcome. You know, friends and family of Kelly Clarkson are still shocked about the news that she and her husband, Brandon Blackstock, are getting a divorce. But if you think this is going to get ugly, think again. Here's the thing, we started my husband's standing over there, he he makes me feel so sexy. Like, you know, I always make fun of him, like, why are you touching my behind in public? Like, why are you, like, I'm in an interview and he'll like squeak, you know, he'll like goose me or something somewhere. And I'm like, what are you doing? But I'm like, I really like it. Kelly always gushed about her husband of nearly seven years, but our source says they had been having problems for several months and were making a conscious effort to work things out. So were there clues the relationship was in trouble? I miss on her own. We're very different, my husband and I, and we definitely, try and make each other better and call each other out when we do things. But, I mean, we're different. We work on that, you know, because we're two different worlds coming together. Unbreakable like nothing could go 
In 2013, the busy musician married her busy manager, then came three albums, The Voice, The Kelly Clarkson Show, and her Vegas residency. It's a lot. It is, but I'm kind of that person. Oh, and don't forget, raising two young kids. By the end of the day, I am in bed with my toddlers like this. Draw. <laughs> Cut to 2020, our source says they both hope quarantining in Montana would help them work things out, but constant time together seemed to make an already challenging situation worse. Brandon's the EP of her talk show and became much more. Oh, my husband is now a lighting technician, an audiovisual technician. He's a director, um, <laughs> and he's also playing cowboy on our ranch. So. Um, no, he's got his hands full. We both definitely have our hands full. 100% um, this none of this would be happening without my partner in crime. A source close to production on The Kelly Clarkson Show tells ET many staffers were stunned over her divorce filing. The show remains in production. No word if Brandon will stay on as EP. Besides working nonstop, another major issue, having more kids. Brandon has two teens from a previous marriage. Back in 2016, Kelly told us this after having River in Remington. Oh no, I was mid-pregnancy with Remy and I made my husband go kiss him. He, I didn't have to force him, he was running to the doctor. Like we both were like, nope. <laughs> well, Kelly's had a change of heart. I still want another child and my husband is like, no, we have four. Our source tells us a few weeks ago, Kelly started the divorce process, realizing divorce was her only option, but she and Brandon haven't cut each other off they are still talking, both heartbroken, but their plan is to put the kids first. Kelly's asked for joint custody of River and Remy, enforcement of their prenup, and no spousal support for Brandon. You've got to be intimate with each other, like regularly. Like, you got to. Last year, the 38-year-old told us intimacy was key to their marriage. That's difficult since the entire family was living in a one-room cabin. There's where Remy and River sleep. There's me and Brandon sleep. You've got to make time for date nights. You've got to be, you've got to have that intimacy, that one-on-one, -on -one, like, often. Because even when Brandon and I start, like, getting on each other's nerves, like, you know, then we have that night and then we're like, all right, I love you. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, we move from the end of a relationship to a man who'll be looking for one very, very soon. The big news out of Bachelor Nation today, season 25 will feature the first ever Black Bachelor. Lauren Zima has all the details. That's right, Kev. His name is Matt James, and he's actually not a total stranger to fans of the franchise. And Matt is speaking out today about this game-changing moment in Bachelor history. <laughs> We can't have change until you put that first foot forward, and that first foot forward for the Bachelor franchise is having a black lead, so I'm excited to, to take on that role. We're told today's announcement has been in the works for a while, but the definitive decision to cast Matt was made in the last few weeks. It's an honor, you know, I'm just going to lean into myself and um, how my mom raised me, and hopefully uh, when people invite me into their homes on Monday night, they're going to see that I'm not much different from them. And uh, they see that diverse love stories are beautiful. So just who is Matt James? Well, the 28-year-old is Bachelorette alum Tyler Cameron's best friend. Tyler revealing his roommate was pantsless for his interview on GMA. The two played college football together, they worked together, and they TikToked their way through quarantine. I think Matt is an incredible person and quite a catch. Matt can put a smile on anyone's face. Just five days ago, the two were at a protest fighting racial inequality in Miami. We get to the finish, 
by treating others the way we want to be treated. Matt was supposed to be a contestant on Claire Crawley's upcoming Bachelorette season. We spoke with him in March before filming was halted. It's the long awaited. Is it long awaited? Did you want to go on the show for a while? Tyler's mom actually uh, recommended that I go on and she nominated me. Anything that you're afraid of in all this? Uh, you know, you're afraid of getting your heart broken. Um, we've all been there. And when you're vulnerable, when you put yourself out there like that, you've got to be ready for that to happen. So um, we'll see how it goes. The Bachelor franchise has long been called out for its lack of diversity. We just talked to Rachel Lindsay, the only black lead ever, who said she was just fed up with the lack of changes. I don't want to be affiliated with a franchise who's not on the right side of this. At this time, at this point, you can't be neutral. You're either on the wrong side or the right side. And the franchise to me has been on the wrong side for 18 years. Definitely we need to see a lead of color in the role for season 25. I said that last year after Mike Johnson was not cast. Hey! Hello there. A lot of people are excited about the idea of you potentially being the first black bachelor. I'll be the first black bachelor. I'll be the first bachelor that's a veteran. I'll be the first Mike Johnson. So yeah, it's more than just being the first black bachelor. After this morning's announcement, Rachel appeared on the Bachelor Party podcast, and she wasn't exactly happy with the news. It's a Band-Aid. It's the easiest thing to me that you could do, and I hate that it is in response, or it seems like it's a knee-jerk reaction, and in response to what happened in our society, what happened with George Floyd, and the pressure that you're getting from society. It's almost like a man had to die in such a gruesome and public way for us to get a black bachelor. She even called out Matt specifically before the Bachelor news became official. Matt James, we don't even know you. So I understand the only reason people are into Matt James is because people are into Tyler. We don't know anything about my, Matt James other than the fact that he's affiliated with Tyler. So I can't say I'm sold on him because I know nothing about him. I've seen the Instagram stories. You, you and Tyler are good looking guys. You're fit guys. Why do you want to walk away from like an awesome partying life in New York City as a guy in his 20s and then go on this show? Are, are you really ready to get married? It's really fruitless. There's not a lot of meaning in that stuff. And I'm looking for something meaningful. Pretty good answer, just saying. Okay, so Matt's season will still air after the new season of The Bachelorette. Claire Crawley's Journey for Love debuts in the fall. And of course, Lauren will be all over it. Okay, it has been 48 hours since Annie pulled the plug on its hit police reality series, Live PD. And now there is more controversy and new questions for the show's host, Dan Abrams. You guys just got renewed a month ago for 160 new episodes, and you were generally number one in your time slot on cable television when you aired. Annie was clearly under a lot of pressure to pull the show. And again, I get it. I get why people are angry and people want change. Live PD is under fire for erasing their footage of Javier Ambler's deadly arrest last year. Police body cams captured the 40-year-old who was pursued by Texas deputies for failure to dim his headlights. He avoided sheriffs until he crashed his car. Ambler, who pleaded with police because of his heart condition, was tased four times. Live PD had a policy in place to keep footage for a certain amount of time and then not retain it. Where did that tape end up? How did that video stop? Why didn't it get to the highest executives? Again, it, it was just a policy that they had in place that was adhered to. Why isn't your moral compass saying, let's hold on to this because this oh. could be a situation? And I'm not I'd talking go a about step reality. Further. I'm talking about the moral compass of the world. I'd go a step further. And I'd say that if I'd seen the tape, 
when it happened, mm -hmm. I would have advocated not just for turning it over, but for putting it yeah. on the air. Look, you're That's asking it. for us to start judging That's not what judging. is on the videos and therefore what we should turn over to law enforcement. It's not judging, it's being a human being. Being a the human being is about judgment. And you know what? In the context of the death of Javier Ambler, mm -hmm. I think there should have been an exception to the rule, period. The video doesn't take sides because it doesn't lie. And it's the same with George Floyd. The video didn't lie. And I think that's why live PD is so important as a concept. I think the fact that we are filming police, I think that that's important in terms of highlighting the good and the bad involving police officers. Put your hands behind your back right here. Palms up. And in fact, there were times when there were people who were watching the show getting angry that our camera people weren't getting involved. People would say, how come your camera person didn't get involved and help the officer? I get that, but the minute we start doing that, we're no longer there just to chronicle it. We are now participants in the event. Listen, this discussion is far from over, but let's move on to a group of people who are bringing folks together, and that's the Fab Five from Queer Eye. But this is the first time that we were all like, <laughs> Grab something to dry your eyes. Our new interview with the Queer Eye guys gets emotional. I've cried a lot today. Plus, secrets from the set of Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Chris Pratt. How you great do. is it to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated? That's it's kind of cool. I got to say, on. it's kind of cool. Hey, everyone, it's Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight. You know what? If you enjoy listening to our ET podcast, guess what? You'll really enjoy watching the TV show. Tune in every weeknight for all the late-breaking entertainment news. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. The Fab Five are all about encouraging individuals to find a voice and stand up for what they believe. Jonathan Van Ness did just that when he, along with Daniel Radcliffe and Eddie Redmayne, spoke out against Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling for this tweet. Jonathan's response, trans women are women. I do think that this is a time for, for more serious conversation. You realize the things that people come up against that are so difficult, these are why we need to make sure that people have a fair chance. And this is the perfect time because we are in the middle of a revolution. The Black Lives Matter movement is, is happening at the exact same time as Pride. What do you think that we can do to create change? Put yourself in somebody else's shoes and really understand what it's like for them. If you feel like you don't relate, it's an opportunity to educate yourself. And if you don't understand it, learn about it. I Without equality it. for all, equality for some is not acceptable. This is a moment where you can step up and truly learn and be there for someone else. And I think that's what Queer Eye is about. It's being there for someone else. Queer Eye just dropped 10 new episodes on Netflix. The new season is set in Philadelphia, where they spread a little brotherly love. My biggest cry was the Rayana episode. <laughs> you guys, that means so much to me. It's rare when there's episodes that we all cry on. We were all snot crying. Yeah, all snot crying. And so it was kind of nice because normally people watch the show and they're, they're crying with us. But this was the first time that we were all like, <laughs> I was crying too, one of my favorite episodes of this new season of Queer Eye. Well, there was also a visceral reaction the first time we saw Brad Pitt and Chris Pratt together on the big screen. Go feel some grounders. Our Friday flashback on the set of Moneyball. The look up, it's like being a gladiator down in the dirt. Plus Anna Winter's apology, her plan to fight racism at Vogue, but not everyone is buying it. Own up to it, dear. 
And I feel pretty. Rita Moreno sings us into the weekend. We're with the West Side Story Oscar winner at 88. Okay, here's the Oscar, and here's what sits next to it. Vogue's editor-in-chief Anna Winter is apologizing for any hurtful and intolerant images or stories. E.T. obtained a copy of the email sent by Anna to the Vogue staff, in which she takes full responsibility for those mistakes and knows that Vogue has not found enough ways to elevate and give space to black editors, writers, photographers, designers, and other creators. I think that people do look to us for being the leader in the fashion field, and certainly the power of Vogue is enormous. Anna also says, quote, it can't be easy to be a black employee at Vogue, and there are too few of you. She vows to do better and asked staffers for their feedback. There are moments in Vogue's history where what's going on in, in the world has made it, you know, a more influential time. In 1974, model Beverly Johnson made history as the first black woman on the cover of American Vogue. LeBron James was the first black man in 2008, and his cover with Giselle Bündchen garnered criticism, some claiming it had racial overtones, while others said it mimicked a King Kong movie poster. Anna's headed up Vogue since 1988, and the 7-year-old is believed to be the inspiration for Meryl Streep's character in The Devil Wears Prada. There is some reason that my coffee isn't here. Has she died or something? You can't be seen chomping down on a burger in the hallway. You can't walk into Miss Winter's office chewing on your lunch. Vogue's former editor-at-large, Andre Leon Talley, had some thoughts about Anna's apology. The statement came out of the space of white privilege. She is entitled. Name what your mistakes were. Own up to it, dear. Andre worked with Anna for 30 years, and while they didn't always see eye to eye, he recently told us this. My proudest Vogue moment was to have been assigned to do the first interview profile on Michelle Obama. And I have to thank Anna Winter for that moment because Anna Winter could have given that assignment to anyone else. She chose me. Okay, let's talk baseball. You know, a lot of fans hopeful that there will be a 2020 season. The commissioner says it will 100% happen, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to dollars and cents the players want to get paid, which is a perfect segue to one of our favorite baseball movies, 2011's Moneyball. How great is it to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated? That's it's kind of cool. You may not look like a winning team, but you are one. So play like one tonight. Brad looked right at home on the Major League Diamond. He played Billy Bean, the real-life general manager of the Oakland A's. And I will get you that championship team. We got to film here in the Coliseum, so it's really special for us. And the, and, and the city came out and was behind us and stayed up all night with, you know, with us as we recreated these games. So it's really nice to bring it here. It was Pitt and Pratt together in Moneyball. The 2011 film was Chris's breakout big screen role. He played the washed-up ball player who gets a second chance at stardom. How's the elbow, Scott? You know, it's good. It's really good. It's great. I can't throw the ball. The best thing about being a ball player in a movie is being able to walk out, center field, wearing the uniform to look up. It's like being a gladiator down in the dirt, you know? Scotty H. Sir. Go field some grounders. Go field some grounders. You know what I like about this? story we place a lot of emphasis on failure and we don't really want to look at it i find failure to be the very thing the impetus for the next success 
Brad was 47 when Moneyball came out. Would you sing a little for your dad? And he told me his real-life kids sometimes came to set. The kids get to play out on the field or anything like that? Yeah, they get to yeah we did some of that. We did some of that. Yeah, very much so. Produced by Brad's company, the movie scored six Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Brad, and a Best Supporting Nod for Jonah Hill. Brad had a plus three for the awards, Angelina and his parents, Jane and Bill. Yeah, they've, you know, they've never seen this. They're the ones that gave me the opportunity and taught me to pursue what interests me. So it's just, it's, I want to see the show. Brad gave up baseball as a kid after getting hit in the face with a ball. It required 18 stitches. As for Chris, the new dad-to-be is more of a football guy, but it was a thrill to put on a uni. To see these American heroes and then to dress up like one and act like one in a movie is like a dream come true. It was awesome. I remember that night like it was yesterday. It really was a special moment. Coming up, she was the first Latina to ever win an Oscar. We're talking to Rita Moreno about the power of diversity and the push for racial equality in this country. Hey everyone, it's Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight. You know what, if you enjoy listening to our ET podcast, guess what, you'll really enjoy watching the TV show. Tune in every weeknight for all the late-breaking entertainment news. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. Terrible time in America. You forget I'm in America. Ah! Rita Moreno became the first Latina woman to win an Oscar for her role as Anita in 1961's West Side Story. You know, Rita's been a champion for diversity for decades, and she had plenty to say about the push for racial equality in this country. I believe it's Maya Angelou who said, when you know better, you do better. I am thrilled to damn pieces because I see a lot of non-black faces. That's very important. I feel empowered. The 88-year-old is getting an animated makeover for One Day at a Time, special all about politics. And pretty soon, Rita will be starring in Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. Do you ever catch yourself still singing the songs around the house? Of course I, mean, you... I do. I was singing one this morning. I feel pretty, I feel pretty, I feel pretty and witty and gay. Rita's role in the original scored her that beloved gold statuette. It was the most extraordinary moment of my life. Who would have thunk? Wow. A little Puerto Rican girl. Here's the Oscar, and here's what sits next to it. That's a soccer trophy from your grandson? Yes. If you like entertainment tonight, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 